You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 109 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's show, we're chatting with Robin Null of Robin's Nest Farms and their upcoming Beyond the Backstretch benefit show. We catch up with Making the Makeover writers, Adriana Nanini and Melissa Mateson. And last but not least, we introduce our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, it's been so long since we've recorded. I know that we're on the same schedule for all listeners, so it's never changed for you, but we pre-record everything. And last time we talked, it was mid-July, and now it's it's August. It's Taylor Swift month. Does she have a month now? I thought she just had a day. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, because of her song August, which I did a very, um, I don't know if it was funny. It was oh, funny to make it the that, that real. I made real. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was to her song August, but like a very dramatic version, but yeah, I'd seen those trends going around. It's mostly like women running down a beach and spinning around and there, you know, the funny thing with that is there's some patient man running alongside them with the phone or like just a really them. good hype girl. You never That's know. That's true. There could be a good hype girl. So I, uh, I was joking around with some of my coworkers and I was like, I bet Jabber could do this. Um, and it turns out he can. So uh, I yeah, loved Eric, it. I shared Eric it with my, my story and I, I think I told <laughs> the majority of people in my inner circle, they need to support it. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I have a hard time running across an uneven cow pasture and spurs while spinning around. So, you know, kindly it's a overlook my yeah unathleticism. But yeah, if you are so interested to find this very odd thing I did, it's on my Instagram at the horseback rider. I love it. Enjoy well, that. I'm glad you had time <laughs> making content. My July was anything but relaxing, but that's okay. Oh, no. Oh, I take uh, back everything we said last time about July being the relaxation month. Uh, well, the good news is it was very relaxing for my horse. Uh, so she oh. had a very lovely vacation. She's really been enjoying herself. Uh, for me, it's just my my muggle job picked up quite substantially. It was all very good things. Helps me afford my horse. So that's great. Because turns out they don't afford themselves as much as we hope they do. And uh no, maybe someday someone will sponsor her area. I'm looking at you. It'd be great. But yes, it was very busy on a schedule and or we had a horrible air quality or it was horribly hot. So her, her riding schedule is kind of like plummeted, but it was kind of nice because the time I did spend with her, we just kind of had some times to reconnect where we did a lot of hand walking, a lot of grooming and grazing and worked on some ground manner. So it was productive in different ways, but it, yeah, by the time I got off work and got to the barn, I was just ready to decompress and have fun. And that's really what it should be about at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that. I was like, it's supposed to be fun. You know, yes. it's not supposed to be a chore. Yeah. So I was like hoping to get to a horse show, but truthfully, I am so glad I didn't go because I think 
having that pressure on top of everything that happened in the other side of my life. <laughs> just it wouldn't have been very fun to do. Um, but excited to get back to it this month. Things are a lot more chill. But I know, Kristen, you're on top of all the trends. The Barbie movie. Have you seen it? Yeah, I'm not trending there. <laughs> I'm not either. We don't either. have time to get out much. Like we don't get out in public. No. I actually can't tell you the last time we went grocery shopping. We're just eating our way through like all the back ingredients in the cupboard right now. I so. support that wholeheartedly. Yeah, um, I'm never going to get to the movie theater. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. I will tell you. You tell we me. haven't watched it either. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> I also. Well, I thought you were going to give me a movie review. I was like, oh, great. No, instead, like I have been flooded. (laughs) Literally everything has been Barbie. Every like horse company that I pay attention to has something Barbie themed. And I'm like, you know what? We should get on the trend too. Who cares if we haven't seen it yet? And we always talk about racehorse names. And I have some Barbie inspired horse names for if you're looking to name your next horse, you need a bar name or you're breeding your next racehorse. I have the Barbie horses of the Barbie movies. And I'm so excited to share them. We have Alexander. We have Beauty and Botticelli. Like, what a, could you imagine a racehorse named Botticelli, like coming down the backstretch? Italians, please don't get mad at me. Um, Chauncey, Dash, Duchess, Finian. Like, so creative. Hervé, Hurricane, Juniper, Majestique, Majesty, Marzipan, Misty. Morningstar, everyone who played a horse game on a computer had a horse named Morningstar. And don't try to tell me you didn't. Pepper, Raynaud, Silver, and Spirit. And then there were all the unicorns who may or may not have had names. I feel like I just walked down the aisle at horse camp. (laughs) You basically did. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I feel like, yeah, I've just been transported back in time to my nine-year-old self at summer camp. Yeah, it was amazing. Very nostalgic for me as well. And I actually, my first game on the computer was Barbie Horse Adventures. Oh, I think that was like an entry. That was like a gateway horse game for a lot of people. It was my gateway drug. You know, I, we even had horses in the backyard. Like this game was my real gateway drug, despite having physical horses in the backyard. Yeah, I think my friend had it growing up and she never let me play. I had to watch her play. Which obviously is lots of fun. Um, if I ever dig up that relic, Kristen, I'm making you play <gasps> yes. it when I come visit. Oh my god, that'll be so much fun! Yeah, the guys will be like, "It's summertime. What are you doing?" But like, we're in the office playing Barbie computer game. Leave me alone. Yes. Um, yes. Do, do you it's, even have a computer with like a CD drive anymore? Is we'll figure thing? it out. That's, that's fine. Yeah. That's what Amazon's okay. for. Uh, right. But yes, for everyone who's looking to find a, a Barbie inspiration name for your horse, you're welcome. That's my offering to you. And how we are trending in the Barbie world on Retired Resource Radio. I am hoping that we will see a Barbie-themed freestyle this year at the makeover. If we don't, I'm going to be sad. So I don't know anything about it, but apparently it's a musical. So Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> we probably have a ton of listeners who are like, oh my God, you two are idiots. Like, just go see it. But yeah, it's more fun to imagine. So yes, we like the our version of it. And it has all of these <laughs> pony camp horses involved. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, but what's also going to be great is this show. And we have a lot coming today. I'm so excited for our guests and to catch up with our Making the Makeover writers. But before that, we're going to hear a little message from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. 
This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Joy, very excited for our guest tonight. We have with us today Robin Null. She is from the Beyond the Backstretch Benefit Show. This show has been on my radar for a couple of months now because I've been speaking with Robin a little bit to help things get started. This horse show is going to be in Ithaca, New York later this summer. Robin, welcome to Retired Resource Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're super excited to learn more about the show. So tell us a little bit more about Beyond the Backstretch. What inspired you to get this started? So I had been a volunteer at Second Chance Thoroughbreds for a few years and saw how much was needed with thoroughbred aftercare. So I wanted to do a little bit more for the horses and for the industry as a whole. So I came up with Beyond the Backstretch. Um, The horse show is going to be an all-breed show, but will showcase thoroughbreds and all of their um, glory and athleticism and versatility and whatnot. So, and I'm also hoping for it to be an educational type of show. I've invited people from Take the Lead to come and give a talk. I've invited several rescues to come and set up. I've invited different feed companies that have some pretty awesome feed. Um, Pole and Grain is one of them to talk about nutrition and thoroughbreds. Cool. So it's going to be like a really well-rounded day, not just the horse show and the competition part, but the education factor, which I think is fabulous. You know, obviously I'm, you know, work closely with the Retired Racehorse Project and that's all, all we do is the competition, but all the education stuff too. So that's something near and dear to my heart. So I think that's great to bring that into it and not just be just a horse show. I'm pretty excited about that part because I don't think people really get a true view of thoroughbreds. I think they get a bad name a lot of times. I know I was at my son's for dinner the other day and um, there was a barrel racing person there. And she said, the mom said, well, what do you have? And I said, well, I have thoroughbreds. And the dad immediately said, oh, she rides those crazy horses. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Buddy, it's 2023. We have moved past that, right? I like- know, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, well, I bet that was fun then to pull your little soapbox out at dinner and, you know. That's hard well, though. You want to be a good guest, but then you also want to be like, excuse me, sir, you know, well, <laughs> and my, tell them what's what. <laughs> my poor son, because he knows oh, like no. how passionate I am about him. So the look on his face was like, oh my gosh, don't go down this way, buddy. Don't, <laughs> don't go. poke the bear. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's probably doing the little like the hand across the throat thing. Like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. That's, um, that's how my husband and I are now at a horse gatherings when people are like, Oh, those thoroughbreds were like, uh, uh-uh, don't, don't start that with us. So <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. And I think New York is, you know, so I'm in New York, I'm in uh, as far West in the state as you can get, but I think there's, it does have a different feel up here than in Kentucky where, you know, like in Kentucky, everyone's riding a thoroughbred because there's just so many available down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure Kentucky listeners are probably like, no, 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 that's not true. But, you know, from my perspective, when I go down there and I go down a couple of times a year, it does seem like the thoroughbred is the common choice. And up here in New York, it's a little bit different. There's, they don't seem as common, you know, as the choice for riders. So what's your take? I mean, you know, obviously you have thoroughbreds and you've had a business in New York for a long time, but what do you see in your community? I think it's changed somewhat, but um, I agree with you. And, you know, I grew up with thoroughbreds um, all my life. So, but I did take a hiatus to do some of the warm blood thing and return back to the thoroughbred. I, I think they get a bad name because people People will go and they'll just say, oh, well, they're less expensive. So we're going to try that and really don't get any help with them. And they start down a wrong path. They don't have a trainer or they don't have someone who has any um, knowledge of thoroughbreds and whatnot. And I, I think that is that is one of the reasons why up here we don't have as many um, people that that are riding thoroughbreds consistently. I I hope to change that. That's one of my missions is doing this beyond the backstretch. I want it to go into like a more of an event site. I'd like to add a dressage show and a barrel show and maybe do some educational things all year so that I could help out. Um, My farm has also gone to, I teach and train mostly people on thoroughbreds or thoroughbred crosses instead of um, it's kind of just more of like a little niche thing mm-hmm. and something I have passion of with. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's what happens, right? Like, you know, once you realize how cool they are, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things like, you know, it's, it's a secret, you know, and once you're in the secret club and you realize how cool a thoroughbred is, then it's hard to leave that club. So we just got to bring more people in. Well, you know, what's funny is you guys are way young. I'm, I'm an old fogey here, but back in my day, it was like, royalty to ride a thoroughbred. Everybody wanted to ride a thoroughbred, right? And I I just am not sure why we ever went away from that. I mean, they are such amazing animals, really, you know, and their hearts are just unbelievable, you know? So I hope to return to that. I'd like to fill everybody's show ring with thoroughbreds. Yeah. And I I would love to figure out exactly when that shift, I mean, we know roughly when that shift happened, but how it happened and why. And I think it might come from two different sides, you know, right? Like I think the the 
the judging and the horse showing, you know, they started to favor that warm blood look for whatever reason. And then I do wonder if over the years, if the way that we're breeding thoroughbreds is not quite as conducive as it used to be for sport, although you still find tons of great sport animals. So well, I'm not I really think, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You know, that is, I never really thought about it that way. It's a hit and miss thing, right? Like when, when I was younger, we went, I mean, I didn't have an off the track thoroughbred. I had a, a, went to a breeder and bought a thoroughbred bred for, to do the hunters actually. And oh, okay. Um, so I came from that mentality and, um, that yeah, and you don't me. see a lot of people breeding thoroughbreds for sport specifically. That's no, nope. that's and pretty I, unusual now. I actually purchased a thoroughbred, a colored thoroughbred, nonetheless, um, a year ago. Um, she's a ba- she's a two year old now, but to do hunters with. So, I'm a thoroughbred freak, I guess. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a safe space for that. That's what yeah. this whole show is for. <laughs> you, you found uh, your uh, people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. back to the show. Um, what what are the dates of the show? Because I don't think I mentioned that earlier. It's September 2nd and 3rd. So the second um, I have, I think there's 12 classes that are just jumper classes. And then Sunday are the hunter classes. And I'm praying for good weather because we actually have two derby classes. One is a TIP class. And they're actually out in a big field with actually natural fences. So I'm super excited about that. That sounds awesome. That's like the derby, the way it's meant to be done. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Nice. You know, I feel like September in New York is, you know, I'm going to knock some wood here, but usually September is a beautiful month in this state. So I'm going to, I'm going to think you're going to have great weather. Okay. I hope so for you. Hope so. (laughs) I love it. So you said this is open to all breeds. You're hoping to bring in a pretty decent crowd. Um, you So as far as like the education component, being open to all breeds, are you hoping to maybe inspire some people to want to adopt a thoroughbred in their, their future? Yes. It's a secret <laughs> though. I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm trying like to get more interest in people to do that. And people, once they're seeing like from other breed categories, seeing the thoroughbreds and seeing how they are really at the horse show and whatnot, they'll, they'll trade their model in and go for a thoroughbred. I I can understand that. I started with Arabians, which are amazing horses. I'm five, eight. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to find an, an Arab that fits my height very well. And I I was like, well, they're hot horses. So what's the next hot horse to jump to? And it was a thoroughbred for me, which got me into this. So it's definitely possible to to convert people. And, you know, you can always keep a collection and, you know, keep the diversity in the barn too as you go. Um, do you feel that those who don't have thoroughbreds will still benefit from some of those lecture points that you brought up earlier? I do, especially like from the nutritional standpoint. Mm-hmm. The lady that is coming, I've worked with her for years and um, she has a lot of good information um, just about the feed in general. So I do think, you know, hopefully some of these people will take part in this and and learn really what a good nutritional um, program is. Where I'm from here in upstate New York, we don't have 
it used to be filled with horses and our economy kind of took a dip. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, I don't think, look into nutrition. They're just feeding whatever. And I think they would benefit from that. I'm, I'm hoping also, I don't have confirmation yet, but um, a saddle fitter, I'm hoping will will come and oh, give a speech cool. and maybe give a demonstration. And maybe we talked about fitting saddles for like a donation to the horse show on, on any breed, right? Mm-hmm. Which will help. And, and, and it will be good because parents will be there also and will be privy to that kind of information where I don't think sometimes they are. They don't understand that a saddle is important. We also have a rider a rider massage person coming who rides with me. I'm going to the show now. (laughs) She's giving out massages for a donation to the horse show. So it's kind of diverse. And the best part of it is we have a dessert truck coming. Oh, heck yeah. This show sounds awesome. I know. I'm like, everything. Well, what I was going to say, like, it's a benefit show, but it's not just benefiting you know, off the track thoroughbreds, that might be the main focus, but there's lots of things here that would benefit any horse. We have a lot of listeners who don't have thoroughbreds or don't have a standard bread. They just enjoy learning about it. Um, So this could even be something for our listeners in that area who don't have either of those two breeds, but could still enjoy it, have a good time and learn some new things. I think, yeah, I think that would be great. I'm super excited. I, I, I guess I bit off more than I could chew at first, but it's grown into something that I, I don't know, I'm proud of it. And mm-hmm. also I'm excited um, to share with other people. Well, I think absolutely. Kristen, the first thoroughbred makeover in Kentucky, I mean, it was just like kind of a quick clinic type of thing. And it wasn't like 13 horses or something really, really small and homegrown. And like over the years, it's become what it is today. And you know, I really feel like Robin, you might be in that same situation. Who knows where this could go long term? Yeah, if you absolutely. were sitting, if you were sitting here, I would hug you, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so what I needed to hear. <laughs> no, it is. It's a lot of work, it, and it's a ton of work. I mean, it's a ton of work to put on a horse show. Period. It's a ton of work to put on a two day horse show. It's even more work once you start to edit. And ask me how I know I work for the <laughs> the retired racehorse project who puts on the thoroughbred makeover. And this is like a you know basically a, a weekend version of that. You know, because we mm-hmm. have an educational component, we have the competition itself, we have vendors, we have you know donors to manage and sponsors to manage, and it is a lot of work, but just take some time that weekend, Robin, to like just stand in one spot and look around at all your hard work and enjoy it too, because that's that's something we always forget to do. 100%. But it is really cool, you know. And and this is the kind of like it's, it's like I don't want to say oh it's like the makeover, but a New York version because it's not. You know, you're doing your own thing. But I love that there's other similar like benefit programs that are popping up to try to keep all that good word and good work going. So thank you very much for what you're doing for the thoroughbred yeah. in New York. Well, yeah, I'm excited. Definitely excited. And, and the other thing is we don't really have anything here. Like are any anything with even TIP classes for me are three, four hours away. So I'm hoping that maybe someone else will want to join the bandwagon and, you know, make something else up here because we're right near, we're close to Finger Lakes track. Right. 
And, you know, there's a lot, we have a lot of thoroughbreds up here as far as off the track. They don't necessarily stay here, but um, we, the adoption period now, which I need to stay away from because I don't need any more, but um, (laughs) they have a good adoption rate up there, which is good. Yeah, they have some good programs up there for sure, which is great. You know, it's nice to see the, it's not, you know, one of the top tier tracks, but to see that middle tier, you know, have a good aftercare program that's all volunteer run. That is always really, really encouraging. So yeah, New York is a big state. I don't think people give enough credit, you know, as to how big it is. Like we have staff in Saratoga this weekend and they're like, how are we closer to Montreal than we are to you in New York? Yeah. <laughs> like, because New York is huge. <laughs> so like we're a long way from Belmont Aqueduct, but yeah, we're quite close to Finger Lakes and you know, Saratoga is a few more hours away, but yeah, New York is big. So, well, yeah. and, that and there's was, quite what? a range, you know, in the economy too, you know, between central Western New York and then the, you know, wealthier downstate areas. So yeah. Yeah. You're fighting a battle on many fronts, Robin, and we appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing with Saratoga, and this was really exciting was, um, oh, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, Andy Belif. Fonte, Belfiore. Yeah, Belfiore. Yep, she's been on the show before. Yeah, she's fun. So she, she was been super helpful with me. I mean, super, super helpful. And she wrote and invited me to the aftercare day later this month, the 17th, I believe in Saratoga. And I was so, I mean, I was so honored because she said to me, we don't, we don't ever invite horse show people you're the first one we've invited. So I thought, well, geez, I like want to do the happy dance. Yeah. So that was exciting. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I love that. So Robin, where can people go to learn a little bit more about the show um, and hopefully to put it on their calendars? So I have a website. Um, it's www.beyondthebackstretch.com. And it has a lot of information on the startings of it. It has an exhibitor page. It has an entry form that either you can email it to me at beyondthebackstretch at gmail.com. Or I also have gotten an online thing going with horseshowing.com where they can enter right there online. And it has my phone number and anything you'd want to know like directions, hotel, any of that stuff. We have limited stalls. The only sad thing about the stalls for us is the facility that I'm having it at didn't have many stalls, only had six stalls. So I've contacted two other places like two miles away um, that have stalls. But the way the horse show is set up, it's kind of neat too. One day is jumper day and one day is hunter day. So maybe you know, somebody would come for the hunter day or the jumper day and wouldn't have to stay overnight. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, if you are in New York or Northern central Pennsylvania, put that one on your calendars and Robin, best of luck with the event. Uh, We'll be keeping an eye out on your website and hopefully we'll be able to share some updates. Thank you so much, you guys. I like, can't tell you how much I appreciate this and the time you spent with me. No, thank you for joining us. All right, folks, beyondthebackstretch.com, September 2nd and 3rd. Robin, best of luck. Thank you. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I we're at the trade show, and this is the 
point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cash will have new coming out? Oh, we've got a a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So describe them. Uh, Five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp looking pads. What what makes them different? Uh, Well, it's the fill, the, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a new strap line coming in the fall. It's a a two-tone that looks great with a a great buckle set on it. We're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly, you bet. Yeah, fly, fly that's what we all. That's, that's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. It is that time where we bring on our Making the Makeover writers to give us some updates on their training. And this is the fun time because we are about 90 days away from the makeover, which means everyone's sweating and getting excited. And it's summer, which makes things hard. And it's like the best tea coming in at this point in time. So we welcome back Melissa Mateson and Adriana Navini. Welcome back to the show, you two. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. me. Glad to be back. I'm so excited because I've been following you both on social media. It's been a real treat. I don't even know where to start. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna go with Melissa first because you have had a, a very turbulent July since we last spoke. Uh, give us an update on what's what's going on in your world. Yes. So about two weeks ago, I was riding Bo in my round pin and I actually just kind of had him in a halter, which is, you know, just a light, easy ride, kind of figuring some stuff out for freestyle. And he actually tripped and stumbled and went down. And at first I was like, okay, you know, like the ground in my round pin is not the greatest right now because we're in a drought. So I got off of him and he was just real like unsteady on his feet. So I texted my vet and was like, Hey, I'm going to come see you tomorrow. (laughs) And we're either going to do like a lameness or a neuro, like something's going on. So we took him and they did a lameness. They did a neuro and drew some blood and sent it off to UC Davis. And Bo actually came back with a pretty high tighter number for EPM. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it was so high that my vet actually said like UC Davis reran it. So we decided to go ahead and pull him just because like it it wasn't going to be fair to him to be like, here, like take all these meds and still try and get ready for a competition. So while I was still sitting at the vet, I actually sent out an SOS and Adriana was actually one of the people that responded to it, which was kind of (laughs) cool. Runs forever on here. (laughs) (laughs) Like the bond is real. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I had a wonderful woman named Lynn Sullivan. She's actually the founder of Thoroughbred Athletes message me. And she was like, I have this three-year-old that literally just came off the track like three weeks ago. Would you be interested in taking him? And I was like, will he be able to handle like makeover boot camp essentially? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, at this point, like it's crunch time. And she goes, yeah, I think so. Like he's, you know, been real quiet. Like we've kind of thrown a bunch at him and he's been pretty calm. So last week we went and drove to Guthrie, Oklahoma and picked him up. And he's been home about a week now. So that's been, it's been exciting. Amazing. And so tell us about his his race name and, you know, what your first impressions are so far. So his jockey club name is Red Ace. I'm trying to remember who he's by. He's kind of by like a no-name stud, but like he has some good bloodlines on his pedigree, but his sire didn't actually really do anything on the track. And I couldn't really find any info on him, but he had four starts and never broke his maiden. He actually was retired because he got really impatient in the gates and would flip Mm. over. Oh, oh, that's a good reason. (laughs) So like if he was in an outside post, like he was like, cool, no problem. But if he was like post one or two, he was like, yeah, no, not, not doing it. Um, So they actually retired him before he hurt himself or hurt someone else. And, um, which is actually really surprising, like now knowing him for about a week, because he's literally just the quietest three-year-old I think I've ever been around. And he's a chestnut, right? Yes. Team chestnut. Another one for the win. Yeah. <laughs> now we have <laughs> three. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I just found him on Equibase. He's by Jazzman's Prospect, who I will admit to have never hearing of. No, but I love his dam's name, Denali Rose. She sounds like she sounds fancy. That sounds Sounds like a real lady. Yeah. By Stay Thirsty. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Stay (laughs) Thirsty. So he's got like some big names on his pedigree. He just, you know, like most of them. He wanted to be a sport horse. He doesn't want to be a racehorse. And that that's what we're here for. We love it. Well, and like, Uh, you know, with the regional breeding, you sometimes tend to see that where you're like, I don't know who the sire is, but you know, he ran for his breeders. Like they were probably just going to have fun with him. And then hopefully they'll still have fun supporting him through the makeover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, he is actually a foster. So if someone is like, oh, you know, I, I want, you know, a nice amateur friendly project, but I don't necessarily want to restart one. He'll be available after makeover and he'll have, mm-hmm. you know, 90 days or so on him. So I'll have to find find where you're stalled, <laughs> Melissa, because I have a couple people looking for a thoroughbred. So. Might be and he's honestly like, I'll have to send y'all pictures because he's just the cutest. Like, he's not too short back. He's not too long back. He's got a great hip on him. And he's about 15 hands. So he's like that perfect just size. Oh, Aww. gosh. Don't tell me these things. That's, <laughs> Kristen, like a, that's you, a ranch horse size. And he's a chestnut. Ugh, I don't Listen, it's a lot of things. That's the most versatile size possible. Yeah. Kristen, you'll have to go on my Facebook and look at my post of him trotting under saddle for the first time. No, I'm going to intentionally track. not look at it because otherwise I'm going to adopt <laughs> I'll do it. So I'll do it and I'll tell you. <laughs> um, so because he is a very versatile size, what are you thinking as far as a discipline so far? 90 days is crunch time. So maybe not eventing, but what are you thinking yeah. so far? And, you know, and I didn't submit any jumping video. So thank goodness. Um, 
<laughs> but I think the plan with him is to do Western dressage and we might roll over into the tip championships and do it since we'll be there anyways. Nice. Cause you know, why not? <laughs> and that's a good start for a three-year-old, just some flat work to get them going, get their brains settled, help their bodies figure it out. So I think that's a really smart choice. Yeah, for sure. And he's kind of just a natural, like I've ridden him about four times now. And I mean, like the steering is not great, but I mean, we can, we can fix that, but he very naturally wants to please. And I'm like, I can, I can work with that. You know, Mm. that's what matters. The brain and the desire is there. Oh my gosh. He is so cute. Kristen. Yeah. You can't look at him. You can't. Okay. Great. He looks like he wants to be best friends with Jobber, though. Just go say I, that. Nobody wants to be friends with Jobber. He's a jerk. That's not true. Three-year-old <laughs> no, we'll, Gelding uh, wants to be friends with Jobber. <laughs> Red Ace is a super cute name. So, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely, we'll be coming to visit you at the makeover. That's yes. Exciting. And then speaking of dressage, Adriana, you had a great dressage weekend in July. Tell us a little bit about your makeover prospect. We did have a great dressage weekend in July. Um, I took Hobo to dressage at Lexington at the Virginia Horse Center. And I had been to this show before. It's one of my favorite dressage shows um, with my my old upper level event horse that had sort of stepped down from eventing and then had a second career in dressage. And um, so I, I did that for the past couple of years with her. And I always remember being in the warm up and looking around and noticing that I was definitely on the only thoroughbred there. I mean, really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I was surprised absolutely. by that actually. Absolutely. But like being so proud of that and be and just thinking I am so proud to be sitting on this thoroughbred and cleaning up at you know in some of the classes like doing really well. Um and just and then if someone would ask me, Oh, what is your horse? And just being so proud to say that it was a thoroughbred. So I had a little bit of deja vu with that because I brought hobo and this was his first, I mean, he's done several events now, but this was his first straight dressage show. And the competition is really stiff at these things at USDF shows. And you look around and like I said, this, you're mounted on the only thoroughbred within eyesight. And he was amazing. He was so relaxed he was such a professional he just went down and he actually laid down an amazing test and earned a 74.25 on um, one of his tests i i was like i mean i knew it was a good test because as it continued on i i was just smiling the whole entire time i'm like i can't believe this is so this is so great this is so great and then the final halt i knew that we had nailed it but i didn't realize it was a 74 that's hard to do, That's especially on a, like, I hate to say it, but when it's not a heavily thoroughbred concentrated show, I think the stakes are a little higher when there's some warm bloods out there um, who obviously are, I don't want to say they're bred for this, but we all know that it's where judges tend to go. It's a little bit harder for a green thoroughbred to meet those same big movements that the warm bloods can do. But I'm watching his video right now and he is just strutting his stuff. He totally has the <laughs> most like short king confidence I've ever seen in a horse. Yeah, he totally <laughs> I'm here does. for it. <laughs> he goes in there and he him. just has this attitude that's like, look at me. <laughs> he does. Like he... In his brain, he is like an 18 hand thoroughbred, just owning the whole thing. You can tell. 
Yes. Listen, this little horse won at Belmont. I'm going to just keep coming back to that fact. Like confidence <laughs> is he's not ever going to be his problem. <laughs> no, he is a very confident that. little dude and he's so cool to watch and he just floats along. And I also saw in your post that you dislocated your shoulder the same day. Oh yeah, I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I had originally dislocated it 10 or 11 years ago. And um, every so often, like every couple of years, I will move in just the wrong way or a horse will yank me just the wrong way and it will pop out again. And then it's sort of like rehabbing it all over again because then all the tendons and ligaments get loose and then it feels like it very, very loose in there. Like it could pop out again at any moment. So I, um, taped the crap out of it that morning. And I said, it's like your posture looks phenomenal. I would have never known. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I was, as long as I can keep my elbow, pretty close to my side. I'm good because that's like it's safe zone. But yeah, it was it was pretty sketchy, but I was pretty determined. I was there and I was going to ride those tests no matter what. Well, you definitely succeeded. And since then, what have you guys been up to? It's it's August 2nd today that we're recording. This test was about mid-July. So what have you done in between? So uh, I went to the beach. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. And um, Hobo is going to, um, he actually had a few weeks of just hacking and just a few like light weeks because he's been going, going, going since March, just doing stuff pretty much every other weekend, uh, eventing or various shows, combined tests, things like that. But I gave him a couple weeks of just hacking. I went to the beach and uh, this weekend he is going to a schooling jumper show and then he has a schooling dressage show after that. And then we are going to a horse trial at Waradaka, um, horse trials up in Maryland. Um, and then maybe one or two things after that before the makeover. Nice. Well, I will applaud you because I think, again, we're that kind of 90-ish days away. And I think some people get into this crunch mode of I have to pack it all in so they're ready. And like you giving them some downtime before you know, hitting it again. I think is really something to applaud because those breaks are where they digest everything. No, I think you're right. And I think that I, I didn't learn that until fairly recently, but it's totally true. I mean, they think about, they they digest is a good word to describe it. They really comprehend what they've been doing and it sort of sets in. Well, good on you for, I'm super excited to see how your next couple of weeks go as we get closer. But as Kristen said, I don't think confidence is going to ever be your issue with this course. <laughs> if anything, it might be containing the ego at the end yes. of the day. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, so you both have some things to, to take care of as we get closer. How are you prepping yourself over these next few weeks? Are there anything special that you like to do as you're you know, getting ready for a big event or Maybe you have some some fears that you're a little bit nervous about as you come in. Other than protecting your arm. We know that. Uh, yes. Other than protecting that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I'm definitely protecting my arm. Um, but uh, I, I just, for me, my nerves come from feeling not prepared. In, and so I always like to make sure that I'm overly prepared for everything that I do. That alleviates some of the anxiety. If I feel like I have done everything in my capability to everything in, in the realm of my, of possibilities to prepare for said event, then, you know, that's the best I can do. 
I can totally relate to that, Adriana. But I'm sure you have an epic like show list, like how you like pack and prepare to go to a show. I would love to oh, see it. Oh, yes. It is very <laughs> detailed and I send it to all my students. It's a very comprehensive list and it has three columns. It has a oh. human <laughs> column, a horse column, and a hound oh, yeah, column. I, I need your template because <laughs> I took some students to a show this last weekend and I I, I had a lot of face palm moments. That's all. Oh, we no. almost left all our one almost left all of her tact. And I'm like, you know, I don't take that for you. She's like, oh, sorry. I was like, oh, okay. We all need the checklist moving forward. Uh, Melissa, how about you? What are you either nervous or most excited for over these next few weeks? I'm honestly just excited just to get to go back and kind of see everybody boogie. Well, hopefully, you know, the barrels won't be anywhere near when there's cows in the ranch trail. <laughs> The cows are still our enemy. Um, we went to that barrel race when we recorded last time. I had ran secret my graduate horse first. And as I'm warming Boogie up, the cows came underneath the awning of the alleyway. Oh, and no. I was like, okay, it's fine. And it was it was not fine. Um, <laughs> you just need to pasture her with a very gentle cow for yeah, I was like just a thinking week or two. It's too bad that you are many, many, many. <laughs> Many, you're essentially half a continent away. Otherwise, I'd be like, just stick her in my pasture for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I mean, we have cattle on three sides of us. Like, it's not like she's never seen a cow before. Oh, no. no. Well. She just goes, oh, that cow's not supposed to be here. <laughs> That's how mine feels about toddlers. She doesn't understand small humans. So I get it. I yeah. Get so it. She, she like completely had a meltdown, like took out the poor gate guy. Like we... Oh. Almost ran over a couple people in the warm up. The way this alley is set up is you walk in and then you turn 90 degrees to the right and you walk in and they have a padding and we took the padding off. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Was, At least it was it padding. Was, yeah. It was a Not lot like a of drama. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I know you just completely had this meltdown, but now I need you to try and go do a barrel pattern. And she was like, well, we're just going to make the widest turns that you've ever seen because there's cows behind us. And I was like, okay. <laughs> But we we survived, you know. <laughs> hey, so that's, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you know the barrel racing is not during the ranch trail when there's cows, we'll be we'll be okay. <laughs> you can always ask Kristen what the schedule's looking like if you need some yeah some extra yeah. preps <laughs> to feel good about it. Um, Melissa, I know you're not asking for advice on this, so I'm going to be like that guy that's like, here's some. Advice you didn't ask for, but like a jobber used to also like for as much of a cow horse as he is at home, it took him a year or two to be confident with cattle off property. Like he was like, I don't know those cows. And I was like, is there like a, like a babe, like code word I can teach him to like say things to other cows where the other cows will respect <laughs> him, you know, but, but it, it did take him a while to actually get confident on cattle that were not quote unquote his cows. So if you can get her to a sorting or something, I wonder if you can get to like a roping practice or a sorting where she can just like casually push just hang cows out. that she and you doesn't can know. Treats in her mouth as she watches those cows. <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we like, do have now a he's sorting like, practice oh, yeah. like an yeah. hour away from here, but I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, you know, like, Hopefully well, you there's got another not horse wild to like cows. crash train. Yeah, exactly. You got a lot going on. So yeah, yeah. hopefully you just won't cross paths. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hopefully the there's no goal. wild loose cows at the Kentucky horse park when we're there. <laughs> every but year I'm like, you know what we should do for the ranch finale? I say this to my boss and she's like, no, every year. I'm like, we, the ranch finale should be all five finalists just do a cattle drive across the park. And she was like, 
immediately no. Like none of that sounds good to me. And I'm like, no, that sounds what great. Could possibly like, go wrong. <laughs> that's the most ranchy thing you could do. She hates that idea for obvious reasons. So anyway, that will not be happening intentionally. Rest assured. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> definitely talk to Kristen about what the schedule is looking like. Calm your nerves if you can. And if we can't, um, I will probably have a, a bar cart with me. So you can always find me for some liquid courage. <laughs> We're doing it for the content, right? For the content. It's always for the content. Oh, I'm super excited for you both. And I can't believe it's coming up so quick. I'm very excited to meet you both and your horses. But until then, wishing you continued luck and continued good health for the horses you have and for yourselves too, especially that shoulder of yours, Adriana. Thank you. And Joy, please come on by my stall with that bark part. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, I really, so I, I, make my boyfriend be my assistant for the week, but he likes it. So it doesn't sound as bad as I just made it sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, last time he brought pie. So we had pie on the cart. He will probably still bring pie. Well, we didn't have a cart. We were walking around with it. We're getting a cart this year. Oh, get I learned my cart, lesson. Yeah. Make it a, the pie wagon. So oh, good. that's a good one. Or the pie mobile. We could do that too. Oh, yeah. Um, but we'll that's probably still have it. pie knowing him, but I want him to make signature cocktail for like the week that was kind of his thing recently as he's trying to make new cocktail flavors like Kristen we need to think of something like the chestnut like what does that mean what is it but I want it to be the signature drink for retired racehorse radio I think we should Um, name him after the horses yeah can I make a suggestion yeah yeah we need like a retired racehorse like rosé because it's fancy oh my gosh that's amazing okay and also you guys are I can't tell you. I'll tell you after air. The listeners can't know yet, but there's things happening. You'll find out soon. (laughs) I know. Teaser joy's the worst. And that's where we're going to cut for now. But thank you both for joining. I'll tell you off air. (laughs) Listeners, be mad at me later. It's okay. Um, Thank you again, Melissa and Adriana, for coming on. And we look forward to seeing how you both continue. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than Spalding fly predators. Well, we love all of our listeners here for Retired Resource Radio. We honestly would be here if it wasn't for you and your support. But I would love to give a special shout out to Gallery Frost. She's actually a boarder at my barn. And I want to give her a shout out one because she wished me a very special happy birthday. And she brought over like a nice bottle of wine and also gave me some flowers that were edible for my horse, Astrid, which was super sweet. So cute. I love that idea. Her daughters picked it, which is really sweet out of their garden. So it was different types of mint um, because horses can eat mint, but Astrid doesn't like it turns out. So we're going to share that with the the school horses. Um, Clover. And then uh, I didn't know horses could eat this, but echinacea. Which are like oh. these beautiful, like kind of yeah, cone flower. Yeah. Yes. And she actually really enjoyed it. Although she took little bites because she was unsure of the texture at first, but really liked it. So if you're looking for a unique gift for an equestrian, maybe look at some edible flowers or horses that they can enjoy and share with their horse. I'd also like to share, she listens to our show and adopted her first standard bread. So she's a part of the club too, of retired racehorse. So thank you, Valerie, for everything and for being a supporter. Kristen, I can't believe that the makeover is coming up in just a couple months. Like, 
I don't even know how time goes by this fast. I shouldn't question it. But what I'm super excited for is the adoption barn. Yeah, the ASBCA Right Horse Adoption Barn is coming back this year. So last year was the pilot year, um, just our first run at that program. Um, So what that is, is Barn 5 at the Kentucky Horse Park is set aside as the adoption barn. um, And Right Horse partner organizations can bring in their adoptable thoroughbreds of any age, any experience level. So you'll run into some that are going to be eligible for next year's makeover. And then you're also going to find like, young horses, retired broodmares. You might find older, like completely finished, ready to ride thoroughbreds that for whatever reason, you know, ended up at one of these organizations and they are all adoptable. So that's a really cool place to come and, you know, expand your horizons, find a thoroughbred that matches whatever you like. Um, Last year, our friends at New Vocations were there. So we're looking forward to a really good array of adoptable thoroughbreds that are going to be there. Um, In addition to that, the ASPCA marketplace will still be there as well. So you can purchase a thoroughbred that's gone through the makeover process for your very own. Um, Some of those horses will be super finished and some of them, you know, it can still go off in any direction um, for whatever it is that you would like to do. So if you are ready to start horse shopping now, visit the rrp.org slash marketplace after August 15th, and you will find all the horses available there. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Well, it is time where we welcome back new vocations and we have Leandra Cooper on with us today. Welcome back, Leandra. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I have a a great question for you that I think a lot of listeners, no matter what horse they have, could benefit from. How do you start to initiate shoulder in? I know we've talked about lateral movements in the past on this show, but shoulder in is one of those mystifying ones that have, in my opinion, a lot of benefits but it can be a little complicated to introduce to your horse. Um, also, it's just complicated to explain to like me. So please explain <laughs> it to me how Kristen. this one works. This is mostly for me to be like, a what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no pressure, Leandra. Take it away. Yeah, none at all. No problem. Um, well, I love this question for a lot of different reasons. One, because it's complex. and But on the other hand, it also starts with really basic fundamentals. So in order to be able to do a proper shoulder in where you have kind of like the legs going on three different tracks, you have the ones that are by the wall or the outside of the ring railing, let's call it. And then you have the leg that's traveling on the inside, like hence the shoulder in. you have the inside four, which is tracking in. And then the other four that's closest to the rail, that's slightly more in, but they're all kind of, so you have three different tracks and this really like at its basics, I feel like now I'm just going into the complex of things, but to bring it back to basics, this is about being able to work laterals, but independently forehand and hind end. And in particular, when we're talking about horses coming off the tracks, that's my specialty. Um, I love being able to work even the basics, like building the, putting in the foundation or putting in the building blocks to get to the forehand, even though perfecting it can take a long time because 
So often we're seeing horses coming with really tight shoulders. You can see it through their movement, but even if you're feeling along their scapula, you can feel this rigidness. And I go back to this um, concept that actually of that who does all our chiropractic work introduced to me when we were talking about the frequency of four limb lower extremity soft tissue injuries. So when we're seeing horses coming off the track, whether they've just been in training or coming from a race, but having such a high frequency of tears, lesions, or strains in those lower limbs. And, and we know with a horse's anatomy, they don't have any muscle below the knee. So there is this greater on that lower extremity anyway, they're having to bear more of the weight of the actual torque and the um, compression and, and all of the impact of not only their weight because they carry more on their four limbs anyway, but then also when you're in the hyperextension of racing and you're really all out and it's full speed, that they are having to deal with that concussion um, exponentially on those four limbs. And in the lower extremities, obviously, like I said, we don't have the muscle to fall back on. So when you're not getting the looseness in the shoulder, say that you have that tightness, what happens is the horse is trying to have this full stride. And if you're having restriction through the shoulder, then it's not that muscle up top there is not able to help in that extension process. So then that lower limb has to bear even more of that burden in completing the arc of the stride. So shoulders not helping, especially if there's, if it's not equal, like laterally, if you have the left and the right and there, there's tightness on one side, not the other, you can imagine then there's even more pressure and concussion on that in those soft tissue ligaments. And so what happens as a result is that you have the hyperextension that leads to things like tears, the core lesions, the injuries, the bow tendons, um, all of that is a, a lot of times can be not that you can ever really eliminate it, but the risk of that is going to be a lot less if you have that looseness through the shoulder. So now tracking all the way back to your actual question, if we go into how we can create looseness, some of that might be from, um, you know, doing body work or acupuncture, or some therapy methods, but really in order to prevent injury down the road and to be able to compete in dressage and everything else that being able to manipulate the shoulder on the forelimb separately from the hind limb is going to give you. And that can be like tighter turns for show jumping, or that can be having evenness throughout your circles, which is every discipline. I mean, across the board, having that looseness in the shoulder is going to help you. So how we start that is really like going back to the basics of this, teaching them the alphabets of movement. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I think I've said it before, I'm sure at some point, but it's like, you can't form sentences if you don't know the alphabet. So we're teaching them the alphabet to give them the pieces so we can ask for more movement like the shoulder in down the road. So the alphabet of this being learning how to respond to 
leg and hand aids fundamentally. So these are things like when we're talking about lateral work and just doing that in general, having the response that's appropriate for the ask is something a lot of times that we have to help the horses understand uh, because that's not usually, so like we're not asking them to like move their four limbs or their shoulders independently of their high limb on the track. Generally, like that's not, we're not asking for advanced movement. It's just a lot of straight motion. Um, and I always like to start with things like asking them to making sure they understand how to back up. I mean, it doesn't seem like that's something that directly correlates to the shoulder, but really if we're talking about independentness, that's gets them starting to really respond to the hind limb and being able to rock back. And when they can do that, then there's a separate connection, obviously, than, than the forelimb. Like if we're used to just putting everything on the forelimb, like how do we lift that shoulder if they can't rock back on their hind end and, and be able to actually shift some of that energy uh, and their weight to be able to do something like back up? And that's going to help you in a lot of other ways. So when you ask for a shoulder in, you need to be able to have the horse have an understanding of what the hand aids are asking and what the leg aids are also asking. So if you ask them to move off your inside leg or your outside leg, you want them to obviously respond to the pressure moving away from it. And a lot of times we'll see horses who are moving into pressure because they're confused. They don't know what the ask is. So really it takes, it takes going back to the alphabet to be able to ask for something like the shoulder in. And once you build those pieces, one of the other best tools, which I feel like, again, I might just be a broken record because I'm always like laterals. So now we're breaking down the fundamentals of laterals, but then also working in circles. So when you're asking for a horse to create the motion necessary to be able to ask for a shoulder in, sometimes a circle, especially if you're incorporating that into your other exercises, can be a really good way to do that because you can start to ask for those independent tracks, but in a way that they're already maybe starting to use when you're doing like a 10 meter circle and having it a nice even circle is requiring them to start to move those legs independently, but also in a cohesive motion. So then you can start to like, say you're picking a, a 10 meter circle and you're coming off the rail to do that, that you can start to ask them to move their hind end to meet their four limbs when you're getting closer to the railing. And then when you're coming off the railing, you can also use your outside leg to ask them to start moving your hind end with their forelimb as you're coming off the rail. And again, that's going to be moving the hind end, but we, there's you can't just teach the forelimb parts, the shoulder end parts without having some independentness of motion. So then when you're asking for them to come off the rail, you might incorporate something like um, an outside bend and asking them to step that shoulder in. Um, I could really go on and on with this. So for, for trying not to take up all your complete <laughs> time, I would say that those that's where I would start so that you can continue to build the right steps towards getting towards um, the right sort of motions because everything else that you need to really do like proper shoulder in being able to have them understand what a, what a half halt is, you know, to be able to apply your inside leg and simultaneously ask for them to come off their shoulder from the track. Like all of that is not going to make any sense to them whatsoever if you don't build the alphabet pieces to be able to build those full sentences. So if you're working with a horse who's really new to it, I would say those are the steps that I would go through to be able to really refine that process. So make sure that they know how to do things like 
stop and steer first and foremost, obviously, but then doing things like backing up, which really doesn't come naturally to a lot of them because it hasn't been part of their ask. Um, Work those circles, make sure that you are not letting energy escape out of any of those quadrants being like each side of the forelimb. So left front, right front, left hind, right hind, when you can really start feeling the energy move off of those different legs and making sure that you have the appropriate tools to provide the right ask so that when your hands and your legs can work together to move each one of those limbs, you'll be in a good place to then work on the proper procedure for things like shoulder in. And it's going to come a lot more naturally, but until it happens, they're going to be moving in pieces. uh, And it's going to be like trying to make a plank bend. I love that, Leandra. I think I know a lot of people think shoulder in, they immediately think dressage, but I think it's one of those just key lateral movements that every Mm -hmm. horse should be able to work up to at some point, because like you talked about, they, the hold stress and tension through the shoulders and the neck, and it's just a way for them to loosen up and have more mobility, more flexibility, but it takes those key initial ABC foundation steps before you get there. So thank you so much for breaking it down because it is in a, a lot of ways, a complicated movement to explain. Uh, you can watch yeah, every that's YouTube video. My problem. You <laughs> you I think watch I need all to the see YouTube it more. Videos on yeah, it, yeah. I'm gonna go to YouTube myself and like just see it because I feel like I've got all the pieces. But when someone tries to explain to me, it's like a three track maneuver. I'm like, I just, why? I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. Honestly, well, <laughs> and then the videos make it seem so simple, and you're just like, oh yeah. Easy you, you need to see it with like a green horse. <laughs> that would make a lot more sense to me. And what I like to do for my horses is I do kind of a spiraled circle. So we start in a 20 meter. Yeah. They'll complete mm-hmm. that first 20 meter. And I ask them to step in a little bit more each time getting to a 10 meter. And then we work on stepping out and that foundation helps them learn how to move their body and like push off the shoulder, whether they're doing a shoulder out or a shoulder in um, to get a little bit more comfortable with how to move in a safe place before we try to hit a full shoulder in going down um, any of our arena lines. Um, and it just helps That's make perfect. it a little simpler. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So, All right. Well, I have my homework, so I know what I'm. I think we both have homework, home Kristen. <laughs> I have a tenor person. <laughs> Just type it into Google how to do a shoulder in. All right. Yes. <laughs> and then we need to see it in your Western saddle because it's for Western yes. riders too. It's just mobility oh, yeah. at the end of the day. Just all fancy like that's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking right. of fancy like, let's jump into our adoptable horse of the week because he looks quite fancy. Tell us yeah. about Sidekick. Absolutely. So Sidekick is a 2019 gelding who is definitely an eye-catching horse with his four white socks and he's got some sharp markings on his head. He's got a nice little blaze going on from a star. It goes all the way to his nose. So he's got all the key pieces to make him a flashy guy. And he had just five starts in the track, um, won himself a respectable amount of money and just finished his racing career at the end of April here, um, not too long ago. He is from my completely biased, um, one of my favorite sires, Honor Code, because it's also my personal horse's sire. But uh, Honor Code very much stamps his babies like this. They're all kind of fancy looking, but they also have really nice dispositions. Um, just really solid horses, just in looks and personality. And Sidekick is no exception to that. He is 
a horse with confidence. He has that little bit of personality. It's, um, you know, maybe not for a real beginner type, but really none of the horses from our program are they're all green and young themselves. Um, but he's a horse who responds really well to having some basic boundaries like most of them and respects them really well. So um, for the right person, I think that he is just going to be an absolute superstar he had a tendon injury, just like we were kind of talking about with the the training tip, um, you know, very quite possibly could have had some shoulder tension that then stopped his his arc and strained those um, the soft tissue. So he, he had a superficial digital flexor tendon injury. Many people know that as a bug tendon, but we've tracked the progress and the healing of that tendon. And the most recent report, which was just a couple of weeks ago from the vet, was that the healing was coming along so nicely that he didn't expect him to have any limitations in the future. Um, we have him marked on our little metrics as being a level three or four, which is kind of like a mid-high level range because we always like to be a little more, more conservative. But the reality is um, he may not have any limitations for the, you know, an adopter who has appropriate expectations of him and with the right continued rehab because that in reality, rehab takes a long time just because there's a whole reconditioning process um, and the, the fibers are healing really well. But that's just part of uh, you know the whole comprehensive picture of what makes them ready to work again. So he is already doing work under saddle. He is uh, showing us a lot of really nice potential. And he just because, again, his looks, his build, his personality – he can go in so many different directions that we're really excited to see what he's going to do in the future. So Sidekick is definitely going to be a fun project for the right person. I love his name, but I think he looks like a main character. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, he comes. I just snuck a peek at his Equibase page, too. He comes from great connections. Like if you yes. want like a class horse, he was very clearly bred to be a very nice racehorse and you know was in good hands on the track like he looks like he is ready to just class it up into his next career too Mm -hmm. absolutely and i love like he's a good height that like 16 16 and a half hands he's built so proportionally that really he could go any direction and look like he's supposed to be there right so it's, it's going to be really cool to see his career for the right person who adopts him and to say you know a horse this classy, all the opportunities the world can offer him, it's going at the very high, high price of $2,500. So you can get yourself a class A horse, $2,500 through new vocation, sidekick, he's ready to go. He's got some rehab, but it gives you a nice time to build a relationship with him and really see what he's excited to do as he comes along. So go ahead, get your adoption applications in. You can go to newvocations.org or horseadoption.com. Either one will take you there. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to Leandra and her team. Although it may be difficult to get a hold of Leandra these next couple of weeks because Leandra has just welcomed a little one to her home. So Leandra, congratulations on your newest addition, a beautiful baby boy. Uh, Would you like to share any details about him with listeners? Oh, absolutely. He's, I'm thrilled to be a mom. And I was telling you guys before that I was very much in a personal identity crisis of figuring out how I was going to be a mom and a horse trainer, because like many of us, I've just worked tirelessly for my whole life. (laughs) I was trying to figure out how 
to do it, but I'm thrilled to be a mom. And, um, you know, now that he's here, it's very clear. It's all totally worth it. And while I might be missing out on some sleep, I just, it's, it's really cool to be able to welcome this little guy. His name is Tudor Cheval Busby. And so appropriately his middle name means horse, which I like to then again, reiterate the fact that this was from my husband and not just me telling him that (laughs) not driven by the horse girl. (laughs) just the horse but um but then also i like to tell people that i had played him the um we have an app that we play to try to get horses attentions for for pictures and whatnot so it's like a little horse sounds app so i of course had to play that for tutor in the hospital and i was like this is your first language so you better learn (laughs) so i'm just i'm that person who's also like playing horse sounds at the hospital and i'm sure all the nurses were like what's happening so you really can't take the horse girl out of the horse, no matter what. But I'm thrilled to be a mom, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Well, we oh, can't wait to follow Tudor's career, too, when he gets into horses. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> I was I was um, shamelessly looking at those little uh, Charles and Kona. I had uh, a vendor up because my assistant trainer is showing her horse at the horse park right now. So, of course, we had to make an appearance. And they had like little miniature person size jackets. And I was like, how soon can I get this? Oh my God. So cute. So cute. Well, congratulations to you and your husband on your newest edition. Um, Everyone at Retired Resource Radio is extremely happy for you. Well, thank you guys. Of course. Well, thanks again for joining us. It is always so great to have you. And we look forward to next time. Oh, thank you guys. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at therrp.org. I can be found on Instagram at MisfitMare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company, and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Resource Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and learn to love from every ride. And add more leg. Bye.